0: Hi, this is Steve Kelly. Thanks for tuning in for the podcast of this week's Saturday Sports Talk program with Lauren Tate and myself. And a special thanks to the folks at Kirby Wealth Management Group for their sponsorship of the podcast. We hope you enjoy Saturday Sports Talk.
1: When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies focus on your income. At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we focus on your outcome. That's why we know what it takes to succeed both on your balance sheet and in your life. It takes the right financial partner who looks at where you are now, where you want to go, and designs a financial plan to take you there. We're here to help you achieve the life that you're after, today and every day after. Focus on your financial outcome with Kirby Wealth Management Group. To get started, visit our website at justin-kirby.com.
2: It's time for eye Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts. Lauren Tate, and Steve Kelly.
0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on Illini Game Day. The first game of the college football season gets underway this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Plenty of talk about that uh, as we move our way through the show this morning. We're here until 11 o'clock. Mr. Tate is ready. He's got his football helmet on. (laughs) Ready to knock some heads. Something something to protect my head, yes. A lot going on today. We'll talk about that. High school football last night, uh, Major League Baseball scores to get to as well. We'll do that. We'd love to hear from you if you have some thoughts on the start of the college football season and Illinois and uh, Wyoming. The If you follow the line on uh, things like this, the line has moved a little bit this week. It was
3: Yeah, it's up to 13 and a half, 14,
0: yeah, huh? Yep, it was 14 and a half at one point, and this morning it's 13 and a half. And the start of the week at 10. So well, Illinois think, is the favorite of the game. I think
3: there's a realization uh, whether, it's, you know, whether it's going to turn out that way or not that, that Wyoming uh, is not only uh, very young and had to replace a lot of players, but they've also had a couple injuries. And so uh, they're kind of in a tough situation. After what they thought was going to be a great year last year, they started 4-0, and of course, you know, and then they kind of fell apart during the Mountain West or uh, during the conference part of the season. And, um uh, it's a team that Illinois really. Uh, I feel like we sh- Illinois should win this game, uh, but we just have to see um, you know whether it turns out the way we think.
0: Game day uh, festivities are probably the way Kent Brown could tell us more about that. Did you drive by the stadium this morning?
1: You know, I drove around it, but you know, at seven a.m. I know that people line start lining up around six o'clock to get their get in and get when those gates open at seven. They drop yeah. the chains and people get in and get their spots and start setting up and and so. There's no doubt that that's uh, already already underway. Our fans are used to it, and they're off and running.
0: Anything new that uh, fans need to know about as far as the game day experience, getting in and out and such?
1: I don't know if there's anything new on the game day, you know, the in and out. I mean, the, you know, the the portals are still, you know, basically same. You know, I, I do know one thing that we talk about um, is a lot of people enter through the portal there by the Grange statue, um, and that gets backed up. And and at the portals at the would be the northwest and the southwest corners. There, one off Kirby and the other one off the Irwin uh, mm-hmm. Drive uh, don't have nearly the lines. But everybody wants to walk through Grange Grove. It's a natural draw to have everybody walk through there, and it's kind of a uh, beautiful area. And but it, that does get backed up there. And so I know the people are there trying to remember remind everybody that you can go to the those other corners and get right in. So what's
3: going to be going on at Grange Grove itself?
1: Yeah, well, you know, at noon today, they start the um, uh, uh, the bounce house and all the kids' activities and stuff like that. There's food trucks uh, throughout there. You know, you guys have a tent, and uh, mm-hmm. the pregame show will be going out there. 12.30-ish is when the Illini walk happens, so the bus pulls up, the team walks through, the band will be out there with them. Uh, as they've always done, they do their little concert there on the west side of the stadium. Uh the drum Corps the way, does the in- band...
3: They're gone. Yeah, was- it's was
1: too bad. You know, uh, we found out that yesterday. I was actually on with Brian yesterday morning, and I got an email like, like just as I was about to go uh, go on with Brian that um, that the band was going to have to suspend their on-field performance at halftime because of some COVID issues within the within the marching Illini during the week and they couldn't practice. So, uh, and I was talking to one of our student assistants on on our staff, our staff yesterday. We were setting up the press box. He's like, I was wondering why they didn't practice. Uh, the last few days of the week he goes I can hear them from my apartment and all of a sudden they weren't practicing I was like wonder why the band's not going and so part of it was cuz they couldn't they didn't have enough kids to do it so they're going to they're going to perform from the their their spot in the North End zone
0: in case we hadn't noticed that's another example that covid has not gone away
1: it's still here <laughs> yeah um you know it's still things that we have to deal with you know we have um I saw you know a note yesterday you know over 90 95% of our students are vaccinated yet you know there's some variants that still cause some problems and there's still a policy on campus you have to isolate when you test positive and luckily all the students who had tested positive you know were either non-symptomatic or very mild symptoms and so there's no major cases but um, it's still part of the thing that we have to to work through
0: players of course are ready to hit somebody else yeah <laughs> rather than their own guys yeah after... it's
1: such a grind the, yeah. the camp is such a long grind again playing against your own guy, the same guy every day for a month, right? And so you're ready to see somebody else. And um, you know, there's definitely a um, uh, every year you notice this. You know, a, a, about three quarters of the way through, I mean, it's just a grind. It just those guys are just ground down after all those hours they put in, and then all of a sudden it's game week, and there's another energy boost because they can see that light there that they know when the lights are going to come on for for a game day. In just a few days, and they got to get ready, and so it's a different switch, and so the energy level goes up. Um, I know you know they're excited that family, friends, and fans are going to be in the uh, in the stands, and, and uh, you know they're they're ready to go. It's
0: kind of that way for you and your staff too, because you've done all these, all this prep to get to game yeah. day. You've you've talked about you've had various people from around the country calling. How's Illinois going to be? What's, who do we look for? All the free stuff. Now we're going to get some action on the field to talk about.
1: Yeah, you get some actual uh, uh, visual, right? right, evidence of what of what uh, what we've been talking about, and what our coaches have been talking about, and what our players have been talking about. And but uh, you know, Zach Acton, who oversees our game day uh, event management staff, you know, have been working for weeks and months, you know, preparing. You know, the stadium fact, the staff, the facility staff uh, have done unbelievable job, deep cleaning job of the stadium. You know, I walked through Memorial Stadium in the they deep clean, you know, the, the power washed all the 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 floor, the you know, the surface floor surface uh, in the stadium. You know, it was like my gosh, I didn't realize how clean it could look. And
3: a lot it went, went out, on in the east stands too. I underneath
1: uh, underneath the east uh, side, uh, mm-hmm. did some really nice uh, polishing on the floor there. Ground that down, polished it, uh, uh, painted over there. Put some, you know, really made it look much nicer um it's not you know uh perfect but yet it's a big improvement of what we've had in the past um and so those are things that we can do to try to make that experience a little bit better but there are so many people that put so much into getting ready for the season and then here it is and it's it's on top of us and so a lot of people can you know uh need to take some get some credit for for having everything ready to go for for
3: today Interesting decision by uh, to announced his quarterback here just a couple of days earlier. He said he was going to wait, but uh, you know, I, I don't. He knew he was. He knew that uh, that bowl uh, that the opposing coach knew uh, who his quarterback was anyway. And, uh, he wasn't going to surprise him.
1: Yeah, you know, and as, as you know, and coaches always do this, right? I mean, they don't want to pr- provide any inf- extra information that they have to. I personally, I, I don't know that an opposing coach, uh, if they're game planning. Is so concerned, you know, unless the quarterbacks well, if are the totally, guy's a runner, yeah, if they're totally yeah. different styles of quarterbacks, yeah. that's one thing. But right. with the quarterbacks that were really competing for the starting position, is there really a big change? in, in and are you difference. are you preparing for a, a game plan from the offensive coordinator? I that's think you got to prepare for two anyway.
0: You, you always mean, do, right? You know, the guy gets hurt. Who knows you got to
1: know what the other guy's going to do because you yeah. get, you know, where everybody's one play away from right. From being on the, on and the field. that might have
0: been a case where you know on Monday, Brett said the quarterback knows the team knows. Well, then you start thinking about that. That means their families probably know. Maybe maybe the word got out a little bit as the week went on. and He just finally put an end to it. And said, well, he was already
1: telling you know. I mean, we we had television meetings and we sure. had, uh, other meetings and stuff. And and it, I think uh, part of it was it helps create a little bit of a buzz. And, yeah. And. Uh, you know, around the game, and so it's fine. I mean, it, you know, it's. it's
3: well, he said up. at his show, uh, you know, at uh, Papa Dells, at uh, Papa John's, Papa Dells, Papa Dells, mm-hmm. uh, that both coaches, both he and Bowl, knew who the other, who the quarterback was on the other team. They, he said, "We know who theirs is, and they know who ours is." So you know, he <laughs> says, We're, "We he said we'll get out on the field, and he and I will talk before the game and laugh about it because." We both know who's going to start. They're going to start Peasley, and we're going to start DeVito. By the way, have you guys paid any attention to how many transfer quarterbacks are starting all over the country? They're just—it's oh, an overwhelming number. Tell me about
1: it, Lauren, because you oh, have—you paid more attention to it than I do. Well, anyway.
3: I can't—I can't, I, I, I can't <laughs> keep track of it. I was going to start writing them down, but they're just coming from left and right. They're coming. What from every... is it?
0: Six straight years here. Huh.
3: Six straight yep. years here. Well, yeah, I think uh, the transfer. Eight out of start? the last nine. Yeah, yeah. If you go back to the lunch.
1: Well, everybody's looking for an opportunity, right? And so, if you're not getting it at where you're at, I mean, there's a chance to move forward is with the way the rules are right now. And so, move on to someplace where you can have that opportunity. And and so many people take advantage of it. I, I will say, I I I am for the ability for athletes to have the opportunity to play if they're not getting what they want at the school they're at. Um, they should be able to to transfer one time I agree without sitting out so that they have a chance because their 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 window is so limited right it's so limited and so to take that opportunity and make them sit out another year before they get doesn't doesn't make sense to me so I, I but I do from a fan and from a it's it's hard to sustain things when people are moving around so much that's it's really difficult so
3: I, I want to ask you about a rule which uh, I don't know if you'll know the answer to this but you probably will um, DeVito played four games one year and three games one year. The four-game rule for red-shirting, can you do it twice?
1: No. If there's an injury involved, you could get a uh, an additional. Uh, if, you, if you red-shirt just for...
3: Well, in 2020, he was injured. In 2021, he quit prior to the uh, four-game thing. So... In both those years, it would appear to me, but it, but we list him as a senior, as though this is his last year, and I'm told this is his last year. that's
1: a good question. I don't know. i to I'd have to go back into detail, uh, look at the details I, on that.
3: Well, I, I all I know is that he's had two years of four or less, and one of those years is counting against him, because. Um, well, well, you can
1: get one. You can get one red shirt year. Okay. Uh, and oftentimes, if you're if you're injured two times, you get the you can get a bonus year they'll get on a waiver situation. And then the other I thing wonder if he can appeal. That's, and then the other thing is in 20, everybody got a free year because of right. the COVID uh, situation.
0: Talked about Buzz a little bit ago. Buzz playing in week zero. There's only a handful of games, yeah. a couple of games on TV. The Northwestern-Nebraska uh, game is on early today. Then uh, the 3 o'clock slot or 4 o'clock uh, Eastern time is is kind of uh, right here in the, in the Midwest.
1: Yeah, no. The um, you know Josh has talked about this, and and uh, Coach Bielma as well. You know the the opportunity to move the game to to game uh, to Week Zero this year became a uh, available because Wyoming plays Hawaii, and so there's two or three uh, reasons why you can appeal and and get a waiver for Week Zero one of them is if you play an international game like the Ireland game. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons is uh, if you or your opponents. Uh, play a game against Hawaii. Hawaii, if you play at Hawaii, um, that's an off-the-continent, so you you can pick up a, a bye-week because of the travel that goes there. And so those games. And so Wyoming plays Hawaii, uh, at Hawaii, and so they were able to shift their game to Week 0. I know Coach was hoping to play a Week 0 game prior to uh, opening a conference. Originally, this was supposed to be Wisconsin next yes. week, and mm-hmm. then that switched to at Indiana um and so they with uh wyoming working with us on this and agreeing to move to week zero as well we got the waiver uh approved and so that's how we got our game Do you know today.
3: our schedule next year i'm mean, not even now i know we don't know it two years from now but no-
1: we don't yet we haven't we haven't seen it from the big 10 yet and so um we're sitting there with we have we have what this Schedule was before uh, everything was taken down and, and asked to, to be removed because they were going to look like they were revamping. There was discussions. I think you've talked about this a lot about divisions and not knowing mm-hmm. what was going to be moving forward. And so we're sitting there We don't know what the we don't know what the Big Ten schedule is yet. That has not come to at least to my level. Josh may have a better sense at it at, at the AD level, but that hasn't filtered down past that yet.
3: Well, it sounds like it probably is going to be pretty close to what it is, what we have it scheduled right now. I would because think, if yeah. they don't change uh, if they keep the divisions the same there isn't much reason to change anything
1: there really isn't because the everything changes two years from now yeah everything changes two years from now with the addition of ucla and usc possibly others who knows where it's going to end up and then the other one is uh the college football playoff uh situation coming down the pike too with how that's how would that change and will that change how they figure out the schedule so um yeah i I would assume that at some point here soon, when I say soon, sometime in the next several months, we'll see next year's football schedule. But we haven't seen it yet.
0: 915, Illini Pellas Saturday, Sports Talk. We're talking with Kent Brown, Assistant Athletic Director in charge of Media Relations at the U of I. If you'd like to join us, 217-356-9397 is the number. A quick break, and we're back with more after this. Stay with us. The Pella Window Showroom in Champaign specializes in windows and doors. Illini Pella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock. Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. Illini Pella, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Champaign Pellaofchampaign.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Illinois Pellas Saturday Sports Talk. The Illinois volleyball team of Coach Chris Thomas actually opens the season today, this afternoon, against number nine Georgia Tech down at the Old Miss Invitational. They'll play again tomorrow. You'll hear that uh, match tomorrow. Coming up right here, Illinois football today at 3 o'clock. Our pregame coverage begins at 1 o'clock from Grange Grove, moving right on through the day and into the postgame as well. Ken Brown is with us here for a few more minutes, and Josh Whitman put out a um, an open letter to alumni fans about uh, the reality of NIL these days. I thought it was very well put, and uh, we'll see how it goes from there, right?
1: <laughs> well, it was a big push this week. There's a lot of information yeah. that went out about our uh, the programs that we're doing to support our student-athletes and their NIL endeavors, um, as well as the importance of being involved in that program as we compete against schools around the country who are doing similar things. And um, it's, a, uh, it's a fast-moving, ever-changing landscape in the NIL world. And uh, we have some really smart people that are involved with it. And um, it's become very evident that it's a high priority for our coaches and a high priority for our development staff and, and high priority for Josh and uh, which means it's a high priority for all of us because right, exactly. well, who who
3: pay, who, who uh, pays the highest will get the best players <laughs> that, well you know opportunities
1: to- yeah you know those opportunities that the people are going to have at the different schools are going to be some are going to put that as a top a reason why they would pick one school over another and so well, I, I, our
3: coaches are saying – I mean, yeah. you, if you ask Underwood, he'll say it's all about NIL. <clears throat> By the way, Illinois has got a you, – you, know, you won't comment on this, but uh, Illinois has got a chance to pick up a player tomorrow, basketball-wise. Hansberry is going to make his announcement Sunday.
1: I've read some things. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, it's really you, – do you realize that an entire industry is in full operation right now, 247, rivals, whatever – uh, a line, I inquire, because coaches can't talk about recruits. So that means that an industry has been built because coaches can't. If coaches could talk about the recruits, you wouldn't need the, uh, this industry.
1: No doubt about it. And we talk about we've talked about this for years, and this isn't a shot at um, our media group, right? But if we, if if we internally could discuss recruiting, like mm-hmm. on our FightingLineite dot com and those right. types of things, it would. We could be our own media source mm-hmm. and we could compete probably favorably for a line of information because we have all the information yeah, yeah? and yeah. so we could have we could have been running that whole thing all along and so yeah. that's been discussed for a long long time decades because we've chosen as the NCAA to not do that right to not yeah. to uh, talk publicly about recruiting and coaches can't and so which is probably the right thing to do but you're right it's spawned an entire industry of and careers for people that's all they do it's all they 100% of their job is to talk about recruiting and who's going where and the next group and rating classes I saw you know there's the top rated second grade basketball players in the country the dad's (laughs) trying to figure out NIL opportunities for these kids at eight years old I mean you know
0: speaking of new industries that's what NIL is and how to organize and do that all in the last 14 months Yeah, you know, and you guys have had
1: Cam on, Cam Cox on several times, and he is as uh, on top of this as anybody in the country, and there's a lot of interest. Um, I was actually with Cam in Springfield a couple weeks ago. Um, He spoke at the uh, Springfield Rotary Club, and and I went over and I went with him, and uh, the crew, the group wasn't that large, it was maybe 30 people the questions, I mean, there was, the questions never stopped, you know, and so he asked answered questions for 20, 25 minutes, and then the, the thing ended, and I wanted to, I left, um, I was meeting my wife, he had driven on his own, Cam did, and Cam and I looked over, and Cam's surrounded, like, by five, surrounded. Uh, They're surrounded, and they all have questions, and there's a lot of interest of how they can get involved, and, you know, part of this is the, the guardians and things like that, that, that we're, um, talking about. And uh, there is just so much interest about what people can do and how they can be involved. You in- know,
3: as, as people look at this, just the average fan looks at this, you see the collectives and you know, the collectives are, are drawing millions of dollars in their bank, you know, setting up to pay the players. And that's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like it sounds like they're just going to hand out money to the players. What are the players do, uh, doing to earn that?
1: Well, that's what we talked about before, you know, before we came on, we we talked about this a little bit. And so, you know, athletes, the student athletes have to do something. And, you know, the guardians um, have chosen a lot of community service, community service things, you know, whether it's school visits and hospital visits or whatever, some kind of community service uh, opportunities, uh, which are positive for the communities, right? Those are positive uh, engagements with our athletes and, and the community. So, they have to do something to get to get that, uh, to have access to the money. So um, there's, there's rules and there's things set up with it. It's, it's, uh, and that's, you know, there's no one that, you know, that we're involved with, I feel, is, is kind of circumvent any of that. It's just there has to be – it's pretty clear you have to be able to do something to get that,
3: to Do, get do the players have to agree to this? I mean, when I, I – yeah. wasn't it Texas Tech? that it gave money to every single football player. Well I
1: think there's several schools who are are doing things. I mean like thousands that. of dollars. Yeah.
3: In fact it turns into millions uh when you you count the whole team. And I just wonder all those players are they really doing anything?
1: Well it's you know, everybody's gotta be responsible for their own actions, yeah. right? And so yeah. but supposed to be doing something to receive that money.
0: What season is this what number for you at the University of Illinois? <laughs>
1: Well, let's see, I started, uh, I was a grad assistant in the uh, uh, 87 football season, um, and uh, so that's a long time. Yeah. yeah.
3: How many years are you at Kansas State?
1: Four years. So four. this is 36, I think, something like that. Yep. Yeah. So this is,
3: you, you've been in the business 40 years? And 36
1: years, 30, I, the, the four years, I count 36 as part of my four years at Kansas okay, State. Okay, so 32 so. years here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a long time. I've seen a lot of opening days. And you've seen a
0: lot of changes, in not, uh, only, not only on guys, the field and on the court.
1: Just like you guys. I mean, yeah. it's just it's ever-changing. if it changes so fast, and, and um, you try to keep up with what's going on and the new rules and adjusting to it. And, you know, that's why, you know, having really sharp people like Josh uh, lead our way to keep us moving and looking forward and, and not getting bogged down and – Yeah, the way that we did things. But yeah, no, the changes, that's, that's the, we all could talk about that. But, you know, you know, when I started, okay, so 30, let's say 36 years ago, in 1987, 36 years before that would have been, what, 1951? So the changes yeah. from 1951 to 1987 were well, astounding, and the changes from 1987 to today are even more this, fast. How about astounding. the changes
3: from 2000 to 2000 to 2020 <laughs> to 2022? 2020 yes. I mean, it's yes. incredible. The or the ones from years.
0: 1966, your first year on the beat, to now, yeah. and then my first year on the beat was 1981. So it used to be, for you, getting the media guide out, you know, yeah. working with uh, the radio and the, and the print folks, No social media, folks to talk to or talk about, and um. and and
3: and how many uh, newspapers now cover Illinois on a regular basis? No longer the Tribune, no longer the Sun Times.
1: Well, you know, no longer St. Louis. No, because the 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 group that owns the St. Louis Post Dispatch also owns the Decatur Herald, which also owns the Bloomington Panagraph, which also owns one of the Quad Cities papers, which also owns Mattoon.
3: He writes for all of them. Andy,
1: you know, writes for Andy Kimball, writes for one story, and it appears in six newspapers. Uh, the same company that owns the Springfield, Peoria, Rockford, and another one of the Quad Cities papers, uh, they have one student who writes a story. You know, AP doesn't have it, and for years, AP has not had a uh, bureau person in Champaign-Urbana. They hired a uh, Gavin Good, who used to work work for the DI, who did some stringing for the Tribune last year, who's going to be the AP writer for us because they don't have anybody downstate. Uh, the AP doesn't. So um, it is a, the landscape of that has changed. The, the majority of media groups that cover us are subscription-based, online. Media outlets: the two four sevens, the Illini choirs, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, Orange and Blue, the Illinois guys, line Board. I mean, that's that. It seems to be the, almost the biggest group of, of media who covers us. So yeah, it's changed considerably.
3: So the uh, Tribune just takes his story off the AP.
1: Yeah, they have to decide what they're going to do, and they they're very limited of what they what they pick and choose. Right? They just uh, if you're a top twenty five, uh, they're covering it. Uh, might death. send somebody there if, for, for that well, day. But the Tribune, last year, the Tribune didn't send anybody to, for basketball or football to us, um, other than Gavin doing some uh, stringing work for him. The Sun Times, Steve Greenberg, came down I think one time during a basketball game. Maybe um, he's done some stuff uh, remotely, but his his role is to cover college sports uh, universally. Uh, and doesn't have a beat so they don't have they don't have collegiate beat writers for either the tribune or sometimes anymore and so that has changed you know when it wasn't that long ago where we had the tribune had um, beat writers for every local school and they would send a column to columnist to our game every game and uh, the Times did the same thing and so uh, and the Springfield paper had a beat writer and the Peoria paper had a beat writer and Rockford had a beat writer and the Quad Cities quantity times and uh rockford uh, rock island argus all both had beat writers that would follow as Post to this bad we all had every paper had their own people and they've just uh shrunk the staffs have shrunk and we've seen it everywhere including here at the news gazette um it's just changed the landscape uh something that's i don't believe it's healthy for our society but it's also a business model that makes it uh really difficult
0: Last year's opening day crowd against Northwestern was, I think, 41,000. What are you expecting today?
1: Yeah, you mean against Nebraska. What did I say? You said Northwestern. Yeah, Nebraska, you're right. Um, uh, It's probably going to be in the mid-30s today. Uh, Is there
0: still such a thing as uh, late decision walk-up sales uh, with electronic? Yeah,
1: it's not the same. Uh, The secondary market... um, the ability to buy tickets on the secondary market makes it really difficult for a, a big walk-up. You don't have to go to the ticket office to buy a window or buy a ticket. Uh, you can go on StubHub or wherever, and, and their ticket tickets available as people who can't. Those weren't available years ago, right? You didn't yeah. have the ability to just do that electronically on your phone. Um, so it, it, the big walk-up just doesn't doesn't happen anymore.
3: He's gonna say if you could just get all the people over in the tailgate to come across, it would, you'd add another thousand there.
1: Well, that's part of the you know. Josh talked about it. I think you said you had to cut later, but uh, Josh has talked about it. Uh, Coach has talked about it. you know the product on the field. We'll bring them in and keep them in, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's what they've been working on and building on, and um, that's what uh, uh, we all hope happens. You know that we show some success and we see this at other stadiums, but um, you know it's going to take take a product that that interests people and brings them in and keeps them there and we try to make it a, a good experience with the video board and the music and the uh, in-game in experience to be a positive one and and uh, from everything from concessions to in and out to the to gate workers to you know you you, you try you really try to make it a, a top experience because you're competing against a lot of other things and their for people and their time and their money and so it's a it's a it's a never-ending quest. to get people to come in and stay.
0: Well, we've got a good day weather-wise. It's 70 degrees right now, supposed to be uh, in the low to mid-80s. It'll be a little warm on the field, a little warm in the stands, but uh, better than cold is the way I look at it. Yeah,
1: that east side, wear your sunscreen over there. And uh, And your uh, sunglasses. (laughs) And your sunglasses over there, and it should be fine. It'll be be warm. Drink, uh, be hydrated.
0: Game uh, kicks off uh, shortly after uh, 3 o'clock, 3.01 to be exact. we got a call here. We'll try to get in before we let Kent go. Gary in Champagne, Go ahead, Gary.
4: Yeah, I have a question about my tickets. Um, so I can't walk up to a ticket window today to purchase tickets?
0: You
1: can. You can walk okay, up. Great. You can walk to the ticket office at State Farm Center. What I was saying is that in today's world with the secondary market, a lot of people don't. They don't need to do that anymore because there's other other avenues to buy tickets. But the ticket window is certainly open, and 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 they'd be willing to help you uh, purchase the best tickets available.
4: Okay, great.
1: Thank you very much. Sure. Yep.
0: Thanks, Gary, for the call. Kent Brown. Thank you, sir. Always good to visit with you. We'll see you over there a yeah, little bit later a couple on.
1: Couple hours. We'll see you at the stadium and have a great day and go Illini.
3: Thanks, Kent.
0: We'll take a break and we'll preview the Illinois volleyball team with Mike Kuhn coming up after this on Illinois Pellas Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. <music> Moving up on 9.35 Illinois Pellas Saturday Sports Talk. Lauren B. Tate, Stephen Kelly with you until 11 o'clock and then back with you this afternoon for more football coverage. Going to Step outside the football realm, although phone line is open if you want to jump in. 217-356-9397. And uh, we're going to talk a little Illinois volleyball with our friend Mike Kuhn, who is on our radio broadcast for women's basketball as well and has covered volleyball over the years. Mike, how are you doing this morning? I'm
5: doing terrific.
0: The uh, volleyball team, ranked number 17 in the preseason, has a tough way to get the season started, don't they? Uh, away from home. Playing a top ten team uh, this afternoon, right out of the gate.
5: Well, and I know that you've talked about uh, with the football team. You just never know what those first mat, you know, first game, first matches are going to be. But uh, as you say, Georgia Tech, a team that was a uh, host, a top sixteen seed last year, number nine in the country to start out, and uh, we'll we'll have an idea of uh, it'll be a good uh, early season uh, barometer of uh, just how good this Illinois team is.
0: Well, they're ranked as I mentioned, 17 in the nation, but uh, you kind of got to put a little uh, asterisk next to that because that's good, yes, but it might mean they're middle of the pack of the Big Ten. <laughs> that's how good the Big Ten is.
5: Well, no doubt. I mean, it was the same way last year. Uh, Illinois uh, upset Kentucky in the NCAA tournament to make the Sweet 16, and they were playing their best volleyball down the stretch, one at 10 State, but uh, you know the 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 NCAA championship last year was two Big Ten teams, Wisconsin and Nebraska, and uh, to nobody's surprise, and it it could shape up to be that way again, although there's some other contenders around the country.
3: Well, Mike, this is Lauren. Uh, As you mentioned, the team was getting better toward the end of the season, it looked like, and I think that's something you have to do in the Big Ten with so much talent. Do you see any carryover from last year to this year? And talk about some of the players that are returning.
5: Well, I think if you take a look at the contenders in the Big Ten, and you mentioned Illinois, picked sixth in the conference, but they are as experienced as any team in the Big Ten. Uh, they do they do lose Megan Cooney, but uh, they return Raina Terry, and I, Raina Terry is the, you know, the Rachel Van Meter's. Uh, I'm just trying to think throughout the years who they've had that has been that big uh, hitter, and Raina Terry certainly is that. Uh, they get Jessica Nunji back who played opposite, uh, probably step into the other outside hitting uh, position. They have both their their uh, middles and Kennedy Collins and Kyla Swanson, and of course, it always helps to have your setter back. Diana Brown had a great year, uh, probably unheralded compared to the other great setters in the in the, around the conference, but, uh, they, and then Caroline Barnes, uh, Illinois does lose their libero, but uh, Caroline Barnes can step in there. She was a DS a year ago. And so uh, and we've got several good newcomers that it uh, will be interesting to see how they fit in.
3: Well, how do you see, uh, do you see Illinois making some strides this year? I mean, is this a team that could uh, surprise along the way?
5: I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, you know, it's, this is a team that, especially at home, uh, can certainly knock off Some of the top teams. Now they, you look at Nebraska. Illinois has struggled against Nebraska last year. They don't believe they took a set from them, but uh, Nebraska, they they lose Lauren Shivers, and then Kayla Caffey transferred to Texas. Now they have some transfers in. It's interesting around the Big Ten. There's a lot of transfers within the conference. Mm. Uh, Erica Davis transferred from Ohio State to Minnesota. Uh, you know, Wisconsin doesn't have Dana Retke, but they have a really good transfer in from Michigan State and Sarah
4: Franklin.
3: Well, are these uh, transfers are these people are these young women who weren't getting a chance previously and are, are moving up or uh, are attempting to move. Are they people that were playing and and want to, just want to go somewhere else?
5: I think it's a little bit of both, but uh, certainly the, the players that I talked about these are all players that were heavily involved in their team's success a year ago, and, and they're transferring within the conference.
0: Talking to Mike Coon about uh, Illinois volleyball and uh, much of the early part of the schedule is away from home. I wonder if is Mike Thomas having some trouble uh, getting quality opponents to come to Champaign-Urbana and play at Huff Gym?
5: You know, uh, Chris Thomas, uh, our coach, uh, we used to have uh, an Illini Classic or whatever uh, to start the year. Sometimes it was the second year and that went away a couple of years ago, but we managed to have some home matches. There's the the big 10 pac 12 challenge, which is next week. And that rotates. um, And we've had it here. So when that challenge is here, then we'll have a home match in the non-conference. I am not sure exactly what happened to that, to the Atlanta classic. It was probably harder to get teams to come in, to play Illinois. Certainly, there are a lot of teams that uh, they want to come in and, um, you know, have some wins early. Um, But like, for instance, this weekend, you've got Ohio state and Texas that are playing two games in Columbus. So there are, there are a lot of other teams, the top teams that are interested in playing other top teams. But uh, for, for the Illini, when that, when that uh, tournament went away, uh, then if you don't host the challenge, all of a sudden, you've got four straight weekends in the non-conference uh, away from Huff Gym.
3: Looking farther ahead, uh, when USC and UCLA come in, how do you, how does this? I mean, how much stronger can the Big Ten be?
5: <laughs> They're going to be very strong. Now, one of the things that's happened over the last few years is with the football money and the attention. The SEC used to not be a really strong conference in volleyball. Florida was always pretty good, and, of course, two years ago, Kentucky won the national championship, and there's a few other teams that are starting to emerge in the SEC. You know, Rashinda Reed, who was one of our uh, top assistants, went and took the head coaching job at Alabama, so I'm sure she'll do well there. Uh, but it's been, it's been the Pac-12 and the Big Ten primarily. You throw in Texas. Um, that's who the powers have been in volleyball, but certainly the addition of USC and UCLA further strengthens how strong the Big Ten is going to be.
0: Another minute or two with Mike Kuhn, who uh, does the play-by-play for women's basketball on our uh, WDWS, and you've been following uh, what's going on there with a new coach coming in and recruiting. Uh, give us an update on what you've heard.
5: Well, I've had a couple podcasts with Shauna Green, and I've been really impressed. uh, The the uh, couple practices that I've been to over the summer and the new staff. Uh, This is this is a train that's going to get off. You know, it's going to get rolling. It's just a matter of how quickly. And I think Coach Green mentioned it in her opening press conference. Uh, She can't put a timetable on how it's going to be, but uh, I can tell you that uh, two of the freshmen from a year ago that are coming back. Uh, Jayla Odin uh, and Adelia McKenzie are going to be special players here, and if uh, you know by the time they're a senior, uh, they're going to be All Big Ten caliber. And I really expect them to make the jump this year and 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 be really good. And Kendall Bostick, who was uh, the Big Ten leader in rebounds a year ago, she's stepped out and she's uh, getting her range. She hits. She's a, a very capable three-point shooter. Uh, and Genesis Bryan, who is a transfer in from NC State, is going to step in and, and I think be a contributor. But uh, things, you know, are, are certainly looking up. I've been impressed with everything that I've seen from them, um, and I've, you know, as I said, I've had a chance to do a couple podcasts with Coach Green, and Coach McIntyre, and uh, Coach McIntyre for sure is going to be a head coach someday. So the team's in good hands. Uh, you know, this is a it's a big month for recruiting. I know. There's, there's almost no secrets anymore with social media. Who's who's out there, uh, and and it'll be it'll be a big fall in terms of official visits uh, throughout the, the home football weekends for them.
3: Okay, uh, Michael. Before we let you go, just uh, run us down again uh, today and tomorrow. The Atlanta play Georgia Tech now, and who do you expect them to play uh, tomorrow?
5: Uh, Old Miss is the host, and so we'll also play them as well.
0: So, hey, Mike, appreciate awesome. your time. Always good to catch sure. up with you, and uh, we'll Absolutely. do it again soon.
5: Okay. Happy to do it. Anytime.
0: Thank you. Mike Kuhn with us for a few minutes. Does the play-by-play of women's basketball on DWS. The uh, play-by-play of uh, women's volleyball will be handled uh, once again by Tim Dittman. Uh, the uh, match will be on tomorrow. They play at the same time as the football game today, so uh, you can listen for Tim Dittman and Illinois volleyball coming up tomorrow. 9.43 is the time. of break. We're back with more after this. It is 9.47. The fellow fellow Saturday Sports Talk. We're heading towards 11 o'clock here on game day. Fighting Illinois football team against the Wyoming Cowboys. At 3 o'clock this afternoon, our pregame coverage begins at 1 from outside the stadium in Grange Grove. Baseball scores from last night. If you missed them, the Braves over the Cardinals, eleven to four. The Cubs beat the Brewers, four to three in ten. Arizona beat the White Sox, seven to two. Those two, uh, the, all those teams, playing each other again today and tonight. So the Cardinals still are six games ahead of Milwaukee.
3: Yeah, Happ hit a home run in the tenth inning to uh, for the uh, the Cubs. Did you see the double play that ended the, the game? I did not. It, it was a. They had the tying runner on third, in the in the bottom of the 10th, did Milwaukee, and ground ball to second, tag out by the by the second baseman on the base runner, and the throw to first gets the double play. If the base runner, this is a question for you, if you throw to first and then run down the base runner, if the base runner stopped, in other words, and didn't try to go, and you threw to first and got a force out, then you'd have to tag the runner before the runner came in from third because it's no yes. longer a force out. Right. But they got the tag and the throw, and the runner just simply ran into the into, into the second baseman, and, and it was it was an easy out. And so it was a double play and ended the game.
0: Huh. Interesting way that you, – you know, baseball is funny. Uh, if you watch it long enough, you're <laughs> you see something new and yeah. something different. Then I'm not saying that was it, but, no, but there's it, so many things that
3: if you're a base runner and you got the winning and uh, the tying run on third base, you got to really think about that. I mean, whether because it, it, you, but he was trapped. I mean, naturally, the first your first instinct when the ball is hit on the ground is to run, and the second baseman for the Cubs was right in the baseline, and caught the ball and tagged him, and then threw to first.
0: Well, here's one I had heard before. Cardinals Corey Dickerson had ten straight hits. He was ten for ten. Wow. Over the weekend. That's the Cardinal record. The record previous was eight. Kurt Flood did it twice. Fernando Tatis did it once, I think. But uh, he was uh, 10 hits and 10 at bats.
3: Yeah, I heard him talking about, uh, you know, they asked him uh, about early in the season when he wasn't hitting, and he said it's it's hard when you – Come to a new team and you're getting spotty uh, opportunities. But uh, since he's been, he batted cleanup last he's night. He's
0: batted 460 since the All-Star break. By the way, did you know that
3: Massey is batting, clean, you know, former mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Massey is batting, cle- batted cleanup for Kansas City. I shouldn't say is batting because right. who knows from day to day what it'll be. But I, I looked, at, I checked yesterday and he was batting cleanup.
0: Had his first home run a few days ago. Yeah, he did. Yep.
3: But he's fallen under 300. He, he had a good start and he's. Kind of slipped a little bit.
0: Here's a text with a question of what would today's attendance be at Memorial Stadium if Illinois was hosting Missouri?
3: Probably uh, about like Nebraska. Probably. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess they'd hit 45. You think? Yeah. First game of the season this time of year, week zero, nothing. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching it because we didn't hit 45 last year with uh, quite didn't didn't quite hit that with Nebraska.
0: Right. Keep in mind that the the record attendance at Memorial Stadium will never be hit again. <laughs> no, no,
3: the building the building only holds what sixty yeah
0: thousand and sixty or some funny yeah, number like that. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and the record was in the 70s, 75 or six thousand and for Missouri, so that's not going to happen again. But it'd be nice to see those capacity crowds come back. Well,
3: I'm gonna I, I shouldn't bring this up. But the final game against Northwestern last year, the official crowd was 27,000, and I could get it.
0: That was the paid and, crowd, Yep,
3: yeah. The paid crowd was 27,624. The actual crowd was less than half of that, and that's turnstile. So, and that was a game, you know, Illinois, uh, I I know the weather's turning in, in late November, and and... I know Northwestern had a really bad team, and Illinois wasn't great, but Illinois just killed them. Do you realize, I don't know if you knew this, and I, I, I did look it up, Illinois gave up one touchdown to Wisconsin to Minnesota, excuse me, Minnesota, one touchdown, 14-6 win. They gave up one touchdown to Iowa that was given up by the defense. They gave up a interception return. They gave up a 100-yard kickoff return and some field goals, but they only gave up one touchdown. And against Northwestern in the final game, they only gave up one touchdown until the final 20 seconds when Northwestern scored a touchdown against Illinois Reserves as the game ended, 47-14, uh, to 14, I think that was, or something like that. Uh, it was 47-14. to 14. So uh, the defense has really shown a lot of improvement. Can that carry over to the start of this season? That's my question for you.
0: I think it is based on what we saw last year. Um, there are some question marks that I'm sure that Ryan Walters has, and he wants to see some game action to 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 see for sure what he's got. I think this happens on both sides of the ball. I I, I like what they have at the first string. I'm concerned when somebody goes down, or they got to go to the depth, and I'm concerned about that across the board.
3: Yeah, I am too. Particularly a defensive tackle, you've got two great tackles and. Newton and Randolph, two really good ones. I mean, they're going to be fine, but you can't expect those guys to play every down. And then you've got the outside linebackers or defensive ends that are kind of new. Mm-hmm. So Coleman is solid, but we have to find out about the other side. So yeah, there's still there's still some question marks. But every team, nobody returns everybody, right? I mean, every team's got to have some new players every year.
0: That's true. High school football scores last night uh, for the uh, latest coverage. Check out your News Gazette this morning or News Gazette online as well. A lot of good coverage by Matt Daniels, Colin Lycus and the gang. Normal uh, West beat uh, Champaign Central 42 to nothing. Centennial wins on the road up north at Proviso East 47-22. St. Joe Ogden went to Monticello and came away with a win 21-14. to 14.
3: It's a good win for them.
0: It is. Prairie Central beat Unity. 34 to 12 a little bit of a surprise there maybe
3: yeah unity uh, unity was awfully good last year
0: Tuscola 30 Arcola 13 in the annual by the way Cola that, battle you
3: see where that I I didn't know this until yesterday that that's the end of the uh, Tuscola Arcola rivalry I and mean, they're not gonna play next year and I don't know when's the last time they haven't played but that that thing goes back a hundred years uh, yeah
0: yeah you would know <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I could couldn't pass that one. up. <laughs> Danville beat uh, Belleville West, 21 to 12. Watsika over Georgetown Ridge Farm. And that score was 45 to 18. Gibson City Melvin Sibley 23, Fieldcrest 14. Muhammad Seymour beat uh, Morton 51 to 14. Piatone over Rantoul, 48 to 16. Tri-Valley got by Atwood Hammond, Arthur Lovington. That final was 42-7. to Villa Grove beat Bureau Valley 33-12. And those are some of the high school football scores from last night. Check the News Gazette for others. A lot of good coverage in the News Gazette this morning. The folks at the Alani uh, Pella window showroom would like to help you in finding uh, your next set of windows and doors for your home, whether you're looking for new or replacement windows and doors. Their showroom is located at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, and that's where you can see their products in person. That's where you'll find the uh, beauty of wood windows, the ease of those between-the-glass blinds, and the durability of fiberglass entry windows as well. Pella is rated number one by Champaign homeowners as the window brand that can improve the value of your home. You always want to do that along the line. The Pella experts know all about what type of window or door works best for each unique home. And working with them is really an easy process, as they'll be to, there to help you from the uh, start of picking out what you need on the, the total shopping experience and the installation as well. Give them, uh, give them a little time, though. Lead time is really important these days in getting products transported in. So learn all about the styles, materials, and options available to you by going to the Pella Window Showroom, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, Saturdays by appointment. Check them out online as well. Pellaofchampaign.com for the Pella Window Store in Champaign. 956, let's uh, take a quick call here before we take our break at the uh, top of the hour and head into hour number two. Steve is with us in Princeton. Go ahead, Steve.
4: Hey, good morning, guys. Big uh, day for football. I noticed two performances last night. One encouraged me and one disappointed me. Ty Pence, I see, had five catches for 89 yards and a touchdown for St. Joe Ogden. He's playing football instead of sitting out for basketball. And the Fagan kid for Arthur, all I saw in him was he threw a five-yard touchdown pass, but the team got beat bad, and I expected him to run wild, so... I didn't know if there's any input on that or not.
3: Yeah, well, I guess it'd be uh, it, his game is affected by a couple of things. Number one, I guess he's playing quarterback, he is, which yeah. is not a natural position right. for him. Number one, and number two, maybe he doesn't have the blocking in front of him that uh, everybody needs to to get out and roam. I don't know any more than that. I mean, I, I'm like you; I expected him to, to dominate in that, at that level.
4: I expect him to run wild. You know, as a quarterback, he could use his legs and just, you know, outrun people and perform people. But uh, I was encouraged by Ty P- Pence's performance last night. So St. John's the team to watch for.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Steve, appreciate the call. Good to hear from you. 9.57 is the time. Hour number one is in the books of Illini Pelos Saturday Sports Talk. Will Leach will join us in the studio to talk some Major League Baseball, some Big Ten football, some Illinois football, whatever else might be on his mind this morning. And we'll keep the phone lines open as well. 217-356-9397. Back after this.
6: My name is Denise Martin. I'm a diehard Illini fan and admittedly love the Cubs. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right questions, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want now and years from now. Call us today at 217-355-9390.
2: It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome
0: back, everybody. Hour number two of Alumni Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We finally hit game day to start the college football season. It gets underway if you're... uh, big 10 fan with the northwestern nebraska game from dublin at about 11:30 this morning illinois and wyoming at three o'clock this afternoon at memorial stadium right here on the fighting illini sports network on the radio it's on big 10 network television as well talk more about that and other sports notes of the day will leach who is a regular contributor to our program and we're happy about that he's with us in studio, U of yes. I grad, back in town for the game, eh?
6: Of course. You keep having week zero games. I will <laughs> always be in here. Uh, the I, I live in Athens, Georgia, and every home football game is there's people already t- setting up their tailgates for the, the game in two weeks. So uh, it's hard to get away from those. So anytime there's a week zero game, uh, I'm excited to be here. I, I was I, I was a part of the uh, of uh, Josh Whitman's uh, Illini run this morning, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things that they kind of do. I did that. I encourage you, if you get a chance to try to keep pace with the wrestling, Team, don't. They're very in shape and will destroy you. But it was so a really everybody didn't
3: run together. I mean, the, you run at your own pace. You run,
6: you run, you run, run at your own pace, and people. I think people keep a pretty good pace. But putting the wrestling team, it's like the it's like the mechanical rabbit at the dog. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I can. I can't do it. I can't do it. They're like, oh, that's sweet. The old man's trying to keep up with us. How many bad.
3: did you have out there?
6: Oh, I, it was a good crowd. I think you know, uh, women put it on his uh, on his Twitter account. I think there was a good 45, 50 people out there this morning, and it's it's a beautiful day to run and obviously uh, it kind of signifies the start start of the season it's pretty exciting
0: what'd you go 30 45 minutes something like that it's about a four
6: point 4. four miles okay. so so depending on your pace yeah. like we go, go around go around campus and, and again it's good to have the lead blocker of the wrestling team <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah like no one messes with you when the wrestling team is uh, is in front of you they're like clear out no no cars want to come near you
0: well you, but that way you got to stay close to them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
6: true you don't want to
0: fall too far behind it, it,
6: there's a couple of moments <laughs> that they kind of look and they're like sir like do you you need any help like first off
3: don't call me sir
6: i'm not that old but uh uh, it was was a good time it's it's really a pretty great thing that uh that uh that women everybody does well
3: you're you're coming from georgia yes where they are absolutely seeking another national championship what's the difference between those communities at this point
6: it's funny uh you know, I, I was talking to some Georgia fans about this the other day, and I, I, I can't speak to how Cubs fans felt after they won in 2016 because I'm a Cardinals fan, and I still kind of refuse to believe that happened. and acknowledge, <laughs> I can't believe I said it out loud. But I definitely knew a lot of Cubs fans at the time who almost didn't want spring training to start. They just kind of wanted to enjoy. They waited so long for that moment. They finally got the chance to do it. They're like, oh, right, we have to play another season, but we're going to be the champs forever. And I think <laughs> Georgia, you know, they waited 40 years to finally get that title. There's still a little bit of... I think it's something that the coaching staff has actually had to work really hard on because players will say it doesn't matter. We're just out there trying to win. We don't know about the 40 years of history. But obviously they felt that pressure. You saw in their celebration how excited they were about it. I think the... Ur- I, I listen, there's always urgency in SEC college football, but certainly I do think there's a level of they did it, they got over the top. Now, what do you do? And I'm cu- very curious to see how that first game goes. They play in Oregon uh, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium next week in the in the kickoff classic game. I'm pretty curious to see how that goes. I feel, still think Georgia will win, but I would exp- I would not surprise me to see a little bit of a letdown
0: tell us about your decision to move your family to Athens Georgia you could work from anywhere yes
6: yes and so I you know I grew up in Mattoon obviously mm-hmm. and I, I moved to New, lived in New York City for 13 years I met my wife out there who's from Columbus Georgia okay. and uh, gotcha. we had our first son out there and uh, all of a sudden our uh, once we had our first son, our Brooklyn apartment started feeling weirdly cramped. I don't know why that fell off. And so we were kind of looking around and we actually looked at, I knew I always want to live, live in a college town. I love Champagne. I would have loved to come back here. Getting a Georgia girl, thats a little cold for her to, uh, in, <laughs> in the long term. So Athens, Athens is a terrific college town. It's a wonderful place. And uh, it's, you know, it's its funny because we live right off of campus. My kids' school is right across the street from where the athletic department is. So like, I remember my son one time coming to school and Nick Chubb was in the front of his classroom saying hello like it's a real it's one of those wonderful things about a kind of college community so we love being a part of it i will say that uh um my son who again lived in athens loves college football will be watching this game today <laughs> they are georgia fans i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make them miss uh, a, a game to watch minnesota purdue i'm not gonna make them miss a georgia game but uh, when it comes to the will they'll, they'll be there today
3: well, let's uh, let's talk about this Illini team a little bit. I'm sure you followed mm-hmm. them, uh, like everyone else. We're all wondering what's going. What, what's your anticipation? Uh,
6: well, I think today I'm pretty optimistic about the day. I think there's good reason to. Feel. I, I'm glad they're not playing some of the past Wyoming teams. I think that would, mm-hmm. would have been a little tougher. I think they might be catching. It's weird to say they're catching Wyoming at a good time, but it mm-hmm. does feel that they're yeah. kind of seeing that. I think that it's. I think we clearly saw last year. A moves in the right direction. The question is how, it's a weird thing to say in year two, but how patient are we kind of willing to be? And I think I, you know, I, I, that level of getting to, to where they were at the end of last year, where it felt like they belong on the field with these teams they might not win some of these games I'll put it this way when you go into a game against Northwestern and you're like oh, everyone is just like oh we're obviously going to win this game at the end of the year that's progress <laughs> like that's clearly a place it was frustrating not to get a bowl game last year and you'd like to see uh to me that Indiana game Friday is so assuming nothing today bigger. it real really feels like a real pivot point in a lot of ways but Listen, there. The, the the hard part is I actually feel like they're moving in the right direction and they're doing the right things. The problem is you still need to get that. You need to show everybody that and to show that Absolutely. you have to be the in Indiana. You know, or, you know, I'm Virginia. encouraged
3: by this. Yeah. Uh, the fact that uh, Georgia won when Alabama's been dominating, <laughs> the fact that uh, Wake Forest and Pitt played in their championship yeah. game of the uh, ACC when Clemson had been dominating, yeah. or you see – uh, USC uh, not having a good year, or you see Texas under 500, and you see these powerhouses that n- don't necessarily—I mean, other teams have popped up. Utah pops yeah. up and wins the Pac-12. Utah State uh, packs—they uh, up they win the the, uh, the uh, Mountain West. I mean, all of a sudden, you see the schools that weren't maybe expected over time uh, to to perform well, which gives you hope here that you know that a team that has been down can rise. Yeah,
6: and listen, it's been frustrating, I think, for a lot of Illinois fans for a while to look specifically at the Big Ten West and look at Wisconsin and look at Iowa. Heaven's look at Northwestern. And be like, we can do that. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, you, there's no reason. Like I, the idea that Illinois is going to be in Ohio State space or Georgia space is probably that's a another, little high. That's but like, I don't see any reason, historically speaking, that Illinois should not be able to be where, where certainly where Northwestern's been, and I would argue where Iowa. Is Uh, uh, Wisconsin, Purdue, uh, even Purdue, uh, Purdue in that realm. That would be, I think that's the goal. And I think that's what they're trying to build. That's why I liked the hire of Bielema so much. But the problem is, is there's such negativity and there's been such like historical difficulty that if you get off to a slow start, people start going up. Oh, there goes Illinois again. There they go again. Even with last year, where they really clearly were a different team at the end of the year, I would have loved to have gotten that Virginia game at the end of the year last year. I think the defense was in a much better place. We're going to get them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so and I think that's the thing, right? You, you. I think last year had a very solid proof of concept. What they're trying to do makes a lot of sense. It feels sustainable, but you got to get there first, and I think that's the thing.
0: Talking to Will Leach, I have a lot of people ask me this week, and uh, all summer long really, but especially this week, hey, is Illinois going to be better? What, what do you think? I said, yeah, I think they'll be better, but I'm not sure the record will be better. Yeah, and, 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 and the way I get the schedule lays out. Absolutely,
6: and it's it's harder. And but see, that speaks to kind of the defensive crouch. I think right. that Illinois football fans are always kind of in where you, where I feel like I've told people before. Oh, you know what? They're better. They're not they're not where we want them to be, right. but they're better. And then they'll take a step back, or they won't get here. I feel like some smart moves have been made to be able to help them out. Uh, really, kind of I would argue under the kind of the Whitman regime has been real, football. Obviously, has been a major. Problem. And I think a lot of decisions have been good ones. But you know, other schools are also trying to win at football and also making good decisions. And I think that's the thing is if uh, that that's why I keep focusing on that Indiana game. Like Indiana is remember that was a team that was ranked in the top twenty top yeah. twenty heading into last year. Yeah. They've certainly gotten, gone in a lot of uh, bad directions. I think people there are very concerned. But I still feel like they like they're favored. I feel like a lot of people think Indiana is going to win that game. If you can start, if you Illinois could start two and and0 before Georgia has played a game, if <laughs> <laughs> <There you laughs> they can start two. Uh, in that should time, should be ranked ahead. Of exactly. <laughs> Honestly, I think you'd be foolish not to. Um, but at a certain level, that that gets attention in, in, in a way that uh, that makes people go, "Oh, looks like something is going on down there in Ch- Champagne," and that's an exciting thing to see.
3: Well, Steve, uh, have you have any <laughs> questions? That, what are your thoughts? You know what I'm, I'm I'm interested in. What have you been working on, Will? So
6: I, uh, as, as I mentioned before, as I mentioned every time you give me the opportunity <laughs> to do so, uh, my book, How Lucky, uh, which is an Edgar-nominated book, and Stephen King was very praising for it, uh, it's out, and it's been out for a while. My next book is out next May. I'm in the midst of editing it right now. It is all I can do not to tell you every single thing about it, because it's <laughs> consuming my entire soul right now. But the book is called Tumultuous Times. It is through HarperCollins, uh, just like How Lucky Was. It will be out next May. And there's another novel. And it is, also,
0: it, is it connected at all? Uh,
6: it, it's it also takes takes place in Athens okay. uh, and there are two smaller characters and how lucky there are larger characters uh, gotcha. in, in the next book. And uh, there's still there's a, uh, there's still several scenes in central Illinois because I, I can't get that out of my bones. Uh, when when is the
3: TV series?
6: Uh, From your lips to God's ears, Lauren, uh, certainly. Uh, You know, it's it's been a really kind of exciting thing because, again, you know, I've written about sports. I've always kind of – and I've written about a lot of other things in politics. But fiction is sort of kind of a new thing. And to have it kind of be uh, – to have how lucky accepted the way it's been and and encouraged has been a very exciting thing. Now – but again, you know, it's just – it's just like with sports like okay well now go do it again <laughs> go do it again it's uh, you're only as you're only as uh, good as your last win
0: what Laura really wanted to ask was if how lucky goes to a screen series or a TV series. Is there a role for him in that?
6: I, I think it should be like in the, the movie Mars Attacks where Jack Nicholson played 10 different parts. I think Lauren should play 10 different characters uh, throughout the book and maybe even maybe even one of the pets.
3: I think I'm in the same range right now as Jack Nicholson who can't remember his lines anymore. <laughs> I think it would be, be fine.
0: We're at 10-12. Here on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, Will Leach is with us. I can't let him go without talking to baseball, mm-hmm. and we'll do that after we take this brief time out. Feel free to join us, 217-356-9397. Back after this. <music> the Illinois volleyball team opens today. They play this afternoon, same time the Illinois football team plays against. They play at the... Uh, Ole Miss against Georgia Tech, the volleyball team does this afternoon. You'll be able to hear those games with Tim Dipman and Mike Tramey on DWS beginning tomorrow with that uh, second match of the season. Will Leach is with us in the studio. We had a text uh, question a little bit ago about uh, the game day operations, and Kent Brown is already gone, but the question asks, will the uh, stadium announcer be the same as last year? And that person, of course, is Gene Honda. And he will be on all the games this season. He also does the White Sox, so he's Mm -hmm. dancing back and forth, does the Blackhawks and some things like that, or has done the Blackhawks in the past. But Gene Honda will be your stadium announcer talks of baseball, Albert Pujols. <laughs> <laughs> I was
6: there for the grand slam game. I was there with my well, dad you, for that game. It I was, think I saw a picture of you it and his dad it there. It was pretty wonderful. It was pretty wonderful. That so was great. Was, to you can be. see it coming too. That was the old Pujols thing that we'd forgotten, right? The idea like, oh, he's going to hit a home run here. Yeah. That's what I remember from so much of like his prime. That it's been really fun having him here this year, and he has been it, the team is successful. But that was the first time I had them. I'm like, oh, he's going to hit a grand slam right now, and then he did. It was very vintage Pujols. I was there
0: opening day and froze <laughs> it was very very cold but it, it was good to see that that was when uh, obviously he was back for the first time since coming back and and i think we've gotten a whole lot more cardinal fans have gotten a whole lot more out of this season and him being there than we anticipated
6: yeah you know and you see this you know, the uh, i've a story about this for mlb a couple of weeks ago you actually kind of see this throughout Kind of, there's a, there's a lot of other examples of sports in sports history, not just baseball, where someone does come back for that last year at the place they originally were, and they have an uptick and they have a clear mm-hmm. forward movement. I think you and you've clearly seen that. I actually feel like you kind of have to thank the Dodgers a little bit for this. They kind of when, when he got released by the Angels, I think a lot of people thought that's it. I think Nolan Arenado mm-hmm. gave an interview around that time saying, "I just hope Albert gets to go out the way." The right way. And so the Dodgers, the Dodgers were not considered a team that would possibly sign him, but they said, we feel like we understand he's just against the left. We're just going to use him exclusively against left-handers. And it, and it basically bought him another year and bought him this kind of wonderful year in St. Louis. It's worth noting that a lot of this run has been with Ali Marmol, the Cardinals manager, no longer forcing him into they he had a doubleheader at Wrigley where I think just because it was a doubleheader, he batting against right-handers, but not forcing him against right-handers. Just that's just uh, against they, left-handers. They it's, had, they, it's 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 unlocked everything.
3: They had to play him last night because Arenado was. Yeah, uh, congratulations uh, to Nolan Arenado yeah. for having. Did he have a boy or a girl? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, uh, no I was either. just
6: happy for him. They all they all look the same. Like the next day. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I was worried. I was really worried about. Um, Pujols yeah. earlier about two months ago yeah. when he he slipped under 200 and it looked like it was and that's when he just turned it around and August was a terrific month for him.
6: Yeah, you started and frankly, they needed him. I, mean, I think that's that's the thing that's kind, kind of lost. It's kind of reminded me a little bit of actually 2011. If a lot of people, obviously the Cardinals won the World Series that year, that was his last year in St. Louis but I think it's been forgotten a little bit 2011 was actually kind of a miserable season for the Cardinals. It was a very frustrating year. That was a year they traded Colby Rasmus, and a lot of fans were upset with Larusa. Larusa had already told the Cardinals it was his last year managing, and he never came back and managed it. Oh, he did! Right, that's going less well. (laughs) Um, But but more to the point, like that last two months, Pujols and Molina carried the Cardinals they they carried them to to into the playoffs and ultimately obviously into the World Series I think you've seen that from Pujols when this offense was really now Arenado and Goldschmidt are going and you're getting Donovan and you're getting Newbard you're getting guys guys stepping up but there was a stretch there where there were it was really not clicking and Pujols was a large part of that offense that is that's the pulse that is exciting to see. It's not this is all bonus time, but just seeing him wear that five on his back is a victory anyway. But to have him be a vital part of a team that really looks pretty well positioned to win the division. I don't like them exciting.
3: playing at, against Atlanta though. Man, that's a good team. Uh, oh man, they've owned the Cardinals. <laughs> they
6: absolutely own the Cardinals. Yeah. I was I was at those games at Truist Park uh, earlier this year when they just smoked the Cardinals every game. I uh, I was also at the game five of that NLDS. You may remember where the Cardinals. Scored the ten runs in the first inning yeah. when they won that series. I th- uh, I I think we're still paying penance for that as Cardinals fans, uh, <laughs> yeah. and certainly. But as someone that lives in Georgia, I absolutely hate it when the Cardinals get beat <laughs> by the Braves. My texts were lighting up this morning uh, to say you least.
3: could see that game last night when it started. How how yeah. big a disadvantage they had, particularly pitching wise. Yeah. Quintana. Uh, He's going to be maybe okay, but uh, the last two starts have been a little safe. Now, he didn't give up the big hit last night, but... You put the runners on. It, I mean, the Braves are good. loaded. The Braves are loaded right now, and they're
6: yeah. doing something that is really smart. They're locking up all their young players very, very early. That Michael Harris kind of fell from the sky. He was a top. He was a top. He was a top uh, uh, prospect. But they desperately needed a defensive center fielder. They he got. They got that. He's turned into be a terrific kid. He might win Rookie of the Year. The Braves just keep pumping those guys out in a way that, frankly, we've seen the Cardinals do in the past, but maybe a little bit less so now.
0: Kind of a contrast, really, but kind of a similarity as well with Yadier Molina being in his last year, it's been kind of a different year for him, hasn't <laughs> yeah. it? It's it's
6: been telling. I remember the uh, after Poole said that grand slam, you started to hear all these stories. Should Albert come back for one more? <laughs> uh, you're not hearing that about Yadi, mm-hmm. yeah. You're not Wayne Wright. See, Wayne Wright has never. I think it's a very common yes. misconception. He's never said he's retiring. He's he might. He might. I think he's talked a lot about wanting to spend more time with his family, but he's never been on record as saying this is his last year. I think the Cardinals have tried to sell this is the last year because this last year of Wainwright and Molina, but uh, Wainwright, of the three, I think, clearly has the most left to give for, mm-hmm. for next year. There's a lot of uh, thoughts that he might actually want to spend it with Atlanta, because his family's from Atlanta, he's from Georgia, a group of Braves fan, he that was in the Braves organization. That was something that was actually kind of floated this year. Uh, I think if, uh, I think, I don't think Wainwright's going to go anywhere just for the money, but I think that if he comes back, it wouldn't shock me.
3: Could he crack that Atlanta rotation?
6: I think he could, I think, he, I I think so. I think he'd probably be You're a fifth guy. Good. They've had some issues. I, I think Anderson's had some issues. He could. You never. You could always use. There's. There's always. He's always always an arm. And listen, that's a great place for the Cardinals to be right now, too. Remember, there were many times this year where Wainwright was the only person in that rotation that I trusted. Now, uh, with, even with Quintana's struggles, uh, I I think clearly they're in a much better place. Montgomery obviously has been terrific, and I think Michaelis has settled down. And I and I I'm I may this may be foolish, but I think Flaherty still has something to give for the rest of this team. So I think they're very well positioned.
0: Well, the minute that Bueno makes it official that he is not going to play anymore, that the next minute he'll be in a broadcast he if terrific. he wants to
6: do it yeah, yeah. he is terrific and and it, y'all it, it's funny they almost the thing about it is, whenever they do the interviews with him, they, I would say they feel like auditions, but like he's much more relaxed yeah. than to be in any sort of audition. Like he just, he feels like he belongs there. And, uh, and I think it's, it's they're, they're on Fox tonight, so I'm sure that they will interview yeah. him during any national broadcast. He becomes the guy to talk to, and he's terrific.
0: Yeah, he's pitching tomorrow night, so he's free tonight. To yeah.
6: I don't know. I don't know what ESPN's yeah. doing. Maybe they'll interview him with every pitch. Uh, uh, that's <laughs> what they're doing now. They what are you going to throw this one? <laughs> Curveball. I throw curveballs. <laughs> it's the Uncle Charlie. It's
0: that's right. Doing. Another couple of minutes with uh, Will let's go back to uh, college athletics and uh, specifically football with the expansion of conferences. Where do you think it's going to end? <laughs> I mean, honestly,
6: so much is just riding on Notre Dame at this point, isn't it? Like, whatever, wherever... I think Notre Dame, if they... I I think we clearly have an idea of what this could long-term could be. The question is how quickly that happens. I really think a lot of that's riding on Notre Dame. If Notre Dame holds the line and says we are staying independent, we understand that this is against the trends of things are going, but this is what we do, I think you can still keep this current thing together even for a little bit longer if notre dame picks a side and gets out of independent i think you're going to see a rush to the particularly if they come to the big 10 you're going to see a rush of people going it's going to be sec and big 10 and i have so to say, break
3: up the pac 12. yeah and i have to say that
6: i understand why this is happening and i understand that well i wrote a piece for new york magazine about this today i get why it's happening i understand how the television is running everything I have to say, though, if we really just get to the place where there's just an AFC that's the SEC and an NFC that's the Big Ten, even if that's what makes the most money for CBS and ESPN and Fox... I really think we're losing a lot in college football. Absolutely. Ill- Illinois is very fortunate. Illinois will be well positioned. They will do fine. But like if you're like, I'm sorry, look at a place like Kansas State. Kansas State is a great school, like a great sports program. They just don't get that big of ratings. But like the like, they'll be lost. They might as well be San Jose State at a certain level. Oregon and, State. And you get enough yeah. of those programs that have the tradition of college football, and are, but you take away enough of those, you're going to chip away the foundation in a way that, like, ultimately you no one wants to see Ohio State-Michigan every weekend, right? We like the underdogs. What was the best story of the tournament last year? St. Peter's beating Kentucky. We love to see that stuff come up. Uh, that I always, When I was in college, when Northwestern made that run, I mean, it hurt. It was Northwestern, but it was exciting to see that happen and to see that come together. The idea that everything just has to be Cowboys packed which is really kind of when you look when you let television ratings run everything you lose you'll just put the same games up all the time. I understand why they're doing it. Why they're doing it in the short term. I'm sure it's beneficial. I really do think it's a long term cost.
3: Can no, how much money can Notre Dame work out of uh, NBC at their next contract? I mean, it
6: depends. Are they willing to put all their games streaming on Peacock? Because if they are, they will be getting a lot of money out of it. Because I think that that's the thing, right? Is we we've seen this with uh, with with the deal next year for like the I, I've had to explain to my father, okay, for so Illinois basketball, we're gonna need a Peacock subscription now. And like at a certain level, that's what they have over sports fans. If like people desperately want to watch that. it's one thing to like all oh, watch the games on TV when I have the opportunity. It's another thing. What sports people will do that no other consumer will do will say, well, I can't miss any Illinois basketball games, so I have to subscribe to Peacock now. And that is the direction. I think that is the power that sports and sports fans and sports ratings have over any other part of entertainment consumption. That's why this is happening. It's not just that people love sports more than they used to. It's that they will watch sports when they are on And we don't watch anything else like that other than maybe like the State of the Union and and award shows or something like we don't watch things in real time anymore, which makes sports so powerful to the point where what's happening is what's happening now.
0: What's your schedule look like? What's the next, after today, what's the next college football game you plan to be at?
6: I will be at the Georgia-Oregon game uh, okay. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, next week with my family. Uh, they, uh, it's good to have an opportunity where I can get my 10-year-old, my 8-year-old, and my wife together and just watch them bark for three hours, <laughs> which is basically <laughs> what's going to happen. Uh, it, th- th- that's a very exciting game. That's next weekend. That's the big kickoff uh, kickoff classic. So uh, that that's going to be also the, the unveiling of the championship banner. They're going to do the whole thing. So uh, I was at the parade. I was at the game last year when, when Georgia won it. I mean, it is it has been uh, one kind of long party. And I feel like the start of that game is going to be, right, we have to Play again, right? I thought. How many not, players
3: have gone to the NFL?
6: Oh, I mean, they. I mean, they lost almost their entire defense. Fifteen. Mean, I, I mean, it's unbelievable. But what's funny about Georgia, and this is why Georgia is Georgia and Alabama is Alabama and Ohio State is Ohio State, is that not only do they just replace them with a bunch of four and five stars, they were already filtering those guys in throughout the season because they're often up forty-eight to three in the second quarter, so they're able. Though they people say like, well, they've lost all these guys, yeah, but they've got guys that not only are really really talented they have experience because they've been playing they they really kind of rotate them in and out and uh, they feel now that they produce their own NFL draft picks if you looked at mock drafts halfway through the season last year you didn't see any Georgia players defensive players in the draft they ended up being how many five (laughs) in the first round Uh, so clearly uh, uh, they know what they're doing is
3: there anything that you see in the future that could ever balance out what we have in college football, where the same teams dominate every year.
6: It's starting to look a little like uh, Premier League soccer, if I'm being entirely honest, where there's like five or six teams. And maybe, I think the thing that helps, and think that will ultimately help a uh, uh, like a 16-team tournament, it'll be have to be like the NCAA tournament, where a team gets in, and on any given Saturday, you can knock those guys off. Because right now, if a this the same teams the top every year, but remember, there's only four spots, so they so those top teams can dominate those four spots. Last year, Cincinnati getting in felt like a bum rut, like a bum rushing the gate somehow. Mm-hmm. But if you make the playoff larger, 8, or 12, 16, then you can't help but have teams that are not in that top tier get into mm-hmm. that, which means eventually you're gonna have. Some some sort of upset.
0: Will you watch today's game as a fan or are you? Oh, as a fan <laughs> yeah, do you, do you have fan. any trouble distinguishing uh watching it as a fan and being a reporter i would say
6: that the best thing anytime you're doing anything the, the key is to be honest with the people that you're that you're reading that they're reading you yeah. or listening to you and at a certain level if uh, i said no actually illinois went 12 and 0 last year because i want them to be go align <laughs> i i would lose the trust of my readers and, and 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 listeners so at a certain level i feel that the requirement is is that that sort of of I and also frankly I love sports like I love sports I actually feel like it's really important Lauren you know this like to I know so many sports reporters that are kind of jaded and cynical and just want the game to get over I don't want to do this interview and to (laughs) me like I love sports that's why I got into sports writing in the first place I want to love sports I can't the idea, that, like I love sports, but I don't care about the Cardinals or the Illini anymore. <laughs> it would be, if, if I would not like sports anymore. So I, I kind of feel, I, I think there's more understanding these days. Like if I were a beat reporter for the Illini, if I were Richie, for example, I would have no business going in and and saying, uh, hey, good, good, good job, coach, way to go. Like that's not how reporters work, and I understand that. Right. But I'm not a beat reporter. <laughs> I'm a be, i I'm able to write about a lot of other things, and so uh, it, I can't separate the enthusiasm.
0: You got to hook up. With any uh, former Daily Illini guys, pals
6: we'll, s- we'll see some crew. Well, uh, there's some tailgate people getting getting set back up, uh, uh, and uh, that was last time I was here. Was when I was here for the Daily Illini uh, awards thing. So uh, it's that it is. I will come back here ever, as lo- often as you will let me. This is my i i I think I've said this before, but uh, as I grew up in Mattoon, when I am here, I feel like. I can catch my breath. I feel like this is this is this is the place. This is where you belong. This is where I belong. Don't <laughs> tell my wife, uh, but uh, this is where I, the she, she, it's too cold for her here. But, What's the uh,
0: best place for people to follow? Will Leach.
6: Uh, I have a uh, The best way is probably I have a weekly newsletter, mm-hmm. uh, williamfleach.substack.com. I'm on Twitter, and you can find the newsletter there. I'm not good at social media because I just, I just don't like fighting with people. Life is short. It, it's too short. So, but, uh, but that's probably the best way to do it. Uh, the, and also, if you get a chance, you can vandalize my Wikipedia page. Uh, that happens. <laughs> Usually when the Cardinals are doing well in the playoffs, someone will come in there and call me a jerk.
0: Hey, we appreciate your time, as always.
6: As always. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: As will leach, ten thirty one is the time. We'll take a break and be back. We'll learn more about the Wyoming Cowboys when we come back. Stay with us. glad I fellow Saturday sports talk rolls on here on game day. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate, with you until the eleven o'clock. Thanks to our guests so far this morning. We just uh, concluded about 30 minutes with Will Leach, national columnist and uh, University of Illinois graduate. Before that, we talked Illinois volleyball with Mike Kuhn. Volleyball team opens today as well on the road down in Mississippi against number nine Georgia Tech. Illinois volleyball team ranked 17 in the uh, preseason poll. And uh, Kicking off the show at 9 o'clock this morning was Kent Brown talking about today's game against the Wyoming Cowboys. And Now we say good morning to Kevin McKinney, who works on the Wyoming Radio Network, making his first trip to Champaign. Kevin, good morning. How are you?
4: I'm well, Steve. Uh, Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Well, you were kind of in the neighborhood last year. You played up in DeKalb. um, But uh, we're happy to have you in Champaign-Urbana. We've got uh, what looks like a good day for football Might be a little warm and uh, humid for the Wyoming guys, but we'll see how that plays out, right?
4: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, All the years I've been around Wyoming, we've never played here before, and it's uh, really been a pleasure. This is beautiful, beautiful country, and uh, we're really looking forward to it.
0: Well, we had you on a few weeks ago when uh, Andy Dixon was in the studio with us, and uh, that was kind of uh, as fall practice was getting underway or was very early in its uh, beginning there. What have you learned about uh, the Cowboys maybe that you didn't know at that time?
4: Well, you know, we still don't have a lot of answers, Steve, because it's such a a young team, as we talked about earlier. But I think probably uh, if you say, well, who made the most progress from uh, the end of spring ball to the the fall camp, I would say probably the receiving core. Um, I, I think that was really an area that everybody was concerned about, uh, Wyoming lost its best receiver, went to, uh, Texas, the University of Texas. And so, uh, you know, we weren't quite sure about that area, but I think it's probably going to be more of a weapon than everybody thought it was going to be. Uh, Wyoming, uh, is, is, feels good about its running game and, and, uh, you know, feels good about its defense, but it wasn't so, so sure about how the passing game would go. And I think, uh, I think those guys really have stepped up and, and uh, they'll probably be more of a positive factor than everybody thought.
3: Well, um, Kevin, when I talked to uh, to Bilma earlier this week, he said that it's kind of funny that both coaches are holding out their quarterbacks. And yeah. he said, we know who theirs is and they know who ours is. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, is Peasley their quarterback? I mean, Illinois has announced that... Uh, DeVito is going to be their quarterback. Is, is Peasley the guy?
4: You know, I'll, I'll tell you this, Lauren, we, we still have not announced that. So mm-hmm. I, I guess everybody's going to know and whoever starts taking the snaps in the pregame warm-up. But uh, I would say that Peasley's probably the odds-on guy. He's, uh, uh, he's a, a, a transfer from Utah State and has some experience. Um, but, yeah, Craig has not made an official announcement yet, so uh, we'll have to wait and see.
3: What uh, what can you tell us about P.C.? Is he more passer than runner?
4: Uh, I would say he's probably more uh, of a runner. He, he's okay. he's uh, a pretty accurate guy, and, and uh, you know, short uh, intermediate type of guy. Not not. Uh, I don't think Wyoming's going to throw a lot of long passes today, but um, he seems to be uh, very accurate <laughs> with those intermediate and short balls.
3: And I, I'm interested in, everybody talks about the, your running back as being one of the strong players on your team, and yet you lost uh, a guy that was, uh, what it was, he had three over 3,000 yards rushing and transferred yeah. on you this year.
4: I, yeah, so- yeah, Xavier Valadie is, is that guy, and uh, he was a senior, you know, and, and so uh, he he went elsewhere and, and uh, was just a heck of a running back for Wyoming. But as it turned out last year, uh, he and Swen were kind of a one-two punch. Uh, the uh, had over 700 yards rushing, so mm-hmm. uh, he was pretty effective as well. And he, he's uh, pretty good out of the backfield in the in the pass game. But uh, yeah, the Cowboys lost uh, a guy who was one of really their all-time best running backs in, in uh, Valade. So uh, that you know the portal was uh, was a tough deal for for so many programs, and Wyoming had its share of them, but. Uh, I think Sven probably by the end of the year was even as effective or more effective than X was so uh it was good at least that he came back
3: How about the injuries have you gotten through the, uh, the spring I, I mean I'm sorry the, the fall practices I, I heard you had a couple uh, uh, of injuries uh, how many people will actually miss the game
4: Well we know that there'll be there'll be two there'll be a running back and a defensive end that, that will not play today hopefully they will be back but all in all it was a pretty clean fall camp for Wyoming uh, didn't lose anybody to real serious injuries uh, those two guys <clears throat> will probably not play uh, today or maybe even next week but uh, hopefully they'll be back soon so I knocking on wood uh, Wyoming is pretty fortunate.
0: Talking to Kevin McKinney works on the radio broadcast for the Wyoming Cowboys Tell us more about uh, the Wyoming defense, what to look for there.
4: Well, I think uh, probably the best thing about the defense is that uh, it, it can run. Uh, it, it's a lot of quick guys on it. Uh, you know, it's not a huge uh, defense like Illinois would have, but uh, uh, they can run. Uh, the linebacking core is, is very mobile, and, and uh, you know, I, I think that um, it, it's, pretty young the interior is, is back and, and uh, a couple guys there uh, that, that Burton and, and Goodbo are good football players and they've, they've played a lot of football. the defensive ends uh, and a couple of the secondary guys will be having their first action with Wyoming today so have to wait and see on that but uh, I think uh, the, the word for Wyoming's defense is that uh, it, it, it can run They're a fast bunch of guys.
0: We had talked about uh, Wyoming losing, I think it was 16 guys to the transfer portal, but uh, you picked up eight as well. Do any of those guys figure into uh, the two deep?
4: Uh, There'll there'll be a couple. uh, One in the secondary uh, for sure, and maybe one defensive end. Um, But, you know, the the guys that did come in uh, were probably a couple of more depth than, than they were starters, so um, you know, but they will play, and, and uh, certainly the portal helped the Cowboys. Uh, uh, not quite as much as what it lost, but uh, you know, it, they uh, the, the guys that came in, uh, are, I think, are, are fitting
0: in real well,
4: and, and they'll, they'll play.
0: I'm kind of anxious to get to the uh, the end of the first quarter of the first <laughs> game, because you, you kind of let things play out a little bit. Maybe if you, you find out who's trying to do what and who can stop what, and you might learn a little bit there.
4: You know, it's so interesting, Steve. I mean, uh, every year, of course, there's so much excitement for the opening game, but, uh, this is for at least Wyoming. This is, uh, uh more of a an interesting uh, start to the season than than uh, many years. Last year, Wyoming was uh, picked higher. Thought thought it was going to be a very good team. Ended up seven and six. Did not uh, uh, live up to the expectations. This team, I you know nobody really knows what it, what it can do, what it's like. Uh, it would probably be nice for a team with this few of birthdays. Starting at home against somebody, but uh, to go on the road and play a Big Ten team is is probably not what the doctor ordered. But um, it's going to be interesting how they react. It'll be a great experience for them, and, and uh, I, I know they're really eager and they're excited. Uh, you know, just so many young young kids. I, I just counted this up the other day, and I think I said this to you, but uh, there are 22 sophomores and 11 freshmen uh, on the two deep. And so that's 33 guys out of 44 guys that uh, haven't haven't played much. So uh, I I think everybody believes they're they're good players, um, but they just don't have much experience. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes.
3: Kevin, uh, real quick, uh, tell us about the trip out for the team. How did you travel, and and what times you get here?
4: Well, we uh, we flew out of Laramie on, on a charter, which we we ordinarily do, and and uh, we got in here about. Uh, I'd say six o'clock and went right to pregame meal and, you know, meetings like, like usual, but uh, good, good flight out. um, And, and beautiful uh, farm country flew over. Uh, It's just, uh, I I always liked the Midwest. And and, uh, as I said, I've never been here, but uh, boy, those those farms are fabulous and, and we really enjoyed the trip out.
0: So if um, Wyoming could find one more year of eligibility for Andy Dixon, would you put him in the game today?
4: Oh, heck yeah. Uh, I guarantee it. And, and then he could, uh, could work the sideline with our equipment at the same time. So, you know, he get two for one there. That's yeah, right.
0: he, he could do it all. Well, for Wyoming, to, for Wyoming to be successful today, what are a couple of the keys for, in your mind?
4: Well, obviously, self-inflicted wounds. You know, they just can't can't uh turn the ball over they're going to have to stay on the field offensively um and and so you know don't turn the ball over and, and you know there's a couple of guys on that uh that illinois side that uh, you're going to really have to contend with of course brown is outstanding running back and, and so they're going to have to slow him down and with that big offensive line you got to have to find out where isaiah williams is uh you know outstanding receiver and and uh a, a real playmaker you've got to limit the explosive plays of course uh, that that goes without saying and you, you've you got to have a good day uh, with special teams uh, you know uh, cowboys uh, have a, a a good field goal kicker a pretty good punter those guys are going to have to be really good today in, in terms of uh, field position and, and uh, making points where you can so uh, kind of the usual uh, the usual keys but uh, staying on the field offensively and, and not, you know, turning it over um, will be really big against, uh, especially when you're on the road.
0: You mentioned the receiving core is that group uh, led by Joshua Cobbs? He had 25 receptions last year.
4: Yeah, yeah. Josh is uh, the number one guy, and you know these guys are. Uh, I, I, I'm not expecting them to be game breakers, but they're good possession receivers, and, and Joshua certainly is one of those guys. So. He'll be a guy to watch
0: for sure. That's Kevin McKinney. We appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing you in person here uh, shortly.
4: Okay, Steve. You you guys take care.
0: You bet. Kevin McKinney from the Wyoming Radio Network, Cowboy Network, in town to uh, call the ball game today. 10.46, a timeout. An open line continues if you'd like to join us, 217-356-9397. We're back after this. 10-48, 10-48, you want to call us? we got about uh, 10 or 12 minutes to do that. 217-356-9397. If you have an opinion on what you might see on the football field, on Zupke Field at Memorial Stadium this afternoon, 3 o'clock, Illinois and Wyoming. If you're in town for the game and you need some Illini gear, don't forget about the game day spirit. You're fighting Illini fan store. I was in the uh, The location at Neal and Kirby earlier this week. All kinds of good uh, orange and blue paraphernalia in there for the ball game. Warm weather stuff, which you'll need today. Or think ahead a little bit and get some sweatshirts and uh, coats for the later on uh, part of the season. Game day spirit. Two locations. One on campus and one, as we mentioned, at uh, Neal and Kirby. Your Fighting Illini headquarters for Illinois merchandise. Illinois and... Wyoming today, the Illini about almost a two-touchdown favorite in this ball game. If you believe in that stuff,
3: yeah, I think that's probably about right. I'm going to throw some stuff at you about uh, Devito because we we talk about a lot about him. How did it come to pass that Illinois got a quarterback like this? Because he was an outstanding uh, outstanding player in 2019 for Syracuse, had a full year and 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 passed the ball well and, and had good numbers. He got hurt in 2020, Steve, and, and it was limited to three or four games there. And uh, so he came back in 221, uh, which was last year, as the starter. And he started against Ohio in a 29-9 win for Syracuse, and he was 11 out of 17 for just 92 yards. But they won the game handily. Against Rutgers, they lost second game, 17-7, he was 15 out of 26 for 149 yards with an interception. He ran nine times for 13 yards. Obviously he was sacked several times there. So in the third game uh, they elected to start another quarterback who is a more of a runner. His name is Garrett Schrader and by the fourth game against Liberty um, DeVito elected not to play anymore because he saw he wasn't going to be uh, starting and He decided to save his last year of eligibility, which turns out to be at Illinois. Schrader, by the way, now when I talk about a runner, listen to this. Against Florida State, a 33-30 loss, he ran for 137 yards. Against Wake Forest, in an overtime loss, he ran for 178 yards. Against Virginia Tech, Schrader ran for 174. So you can see what they were doing in turning their quarterback into a runner, which Works sometimes, but not all the time, obviously. Um, And so DeVito um, elected to come to Illinois, where the reason he's getting the edge over, uh, I suppose, over Sitkowski is because he's a better runner, although he's not a great runner. I mean, he's a good good runner, not a great runner, not a guy that you're going to build your running offense around, not a big option quarterback, anything like that. But he is mobile. Uh, mobile enough to to get his passes off, we would hope so. Behind that big line, that's I just I thought it was good to run that down because he he could he could have stayed there and been the backup for the rest of the year, but he elected to to wait another year and have a full year.
0: Well, during his time there, he had thirty four hundred uh, yards passing. Mm-hmm. Most of them 20, as, a, as a freshman yep, in two thousand nineteen. Twenty seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was over the course of his career there. It'll be interesting. Does he go all the way today? Is there a plan, do you think, uh, to get Sitkowski in there at some I don't, point, regardless I don't think, of how the game's going?
3: Uh, I think it might happen that he comes in, but yeah. I don't know that there's any particular uh, – the the only thing that Illinois is trying to do today is win the football game, whatever it takes to win the football game. If if he's playing well and they're going well, but it's a close game, you're not going to make a change, I wouldn't think. But if they get if they can get a lead – or if they fall behind and you and you need a pickup, maybe Sitkowski would be a guy sure. to bring in.
0: Well, you remember last year when Sitkowski relieved oh, yeah. Peters and then Peters relieved Sitkowski. Sitkowski won the Rasker game. Yeah. 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 But that, uh, over the course of the season, that uh, kind of comes and goes, and what goes around comes around in many cases. So a crowd of uh, 35,000 or more, we hope. It would be nice to knock on the door of 40,000 on a day like this. 75 degrees right now, it'll get a little bit warmer by kickoff, but certainly can't complain about that. The uh, other game to keep an eye on today, if you're a Big Ten fan, is Nebraska and Northwestern, which gets underway in about uh, 35, 40 minutes in Dublin, Ireland. You got a feel for that one?
3: Oh, yeah. I think Nebraska's going to handle Northwestern, don't you? I do. I think Nebraska's... They're, they were on the edge last year. They just kept losing close games. and. But if I th- had to pick th-
0: one based on the coach, I'd go with Pat Fitzgerald. Well, yeah, I would too. <laughs>
3: uh, I think that Frost is in big trouble. And if he loses this game, uh, I'd say the odds are that he won't finish the season. <laughs> but uh, this is a game they have to win, Nebraska.
0: I've seen some predictions where people think Nebraska will win eight or nine games and be in a bowl game. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean...
3: They can bounce back. I mean, we saw what uh, Purdue did last year. They, I mean, it, it, a lot of it depends on the schedule. A lot of it depends on just winning games in the fourth quarter. You have to do that. Games are going to come down. I mean, Illinois is going to have a bunch of games this season coming down to who dominates the fourth quarter.
0: That'll be something else to keep an eye on on this Illinois team in games that come down to maybe a last kick. Or you always felt pretty confident for the last how many years. Mm -hmm. with who Illinois had in there as the field goal kicker. And not to say that Griffin can't do the job, but he's not really tested.
3: Well, you don't know how anybody's going to perform under pressure, Steve, and we don't know.
0: Yep. That's why they play the games. Isn't that what they say?
3: Yep. You'd hate to see a guy walk out there against Wisconsin with a two-point deficit and miss the winning field goal, but it could happen.
0: And we've been talking all along about uh, what's going to happen. We're going to find out today, at least uh, how game one goes. Well, I, think,
3: I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Isaiah Williams today. I think you're going to see a lot of Chase Brown, and I think you're going to see both of them receiving passes and both of them running. Uh, um, obviously, Chase Brown will be running a lot, but I think you'll also see some reverses with Isaiah Williams.
0: I don't see the, the need to, uh, and I'm not a coach, never have been, certainly not in football, but I don't really see the need to sit on a whole lot of things, put, put the stuff out there and see if it works.
3: Well, yeah, that's what we're going to do today.
0: Yep. 1055, you take one final break. We'll have some final words after this.
2: Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online, PellaOfChampaign.com.
0: Couple of minutes left on this edition of Alana Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Before we head to Memorial Stadium to get back on the air with our pregame coverage beginning at one o'clock outside at Grange Grove. Scott Beatty gets things rolling outside there with Lauren Tate and others as we get set for the game. I have a text here. A listener said he really enjoys hearing from the opponent's radio guys. Is that a common thing in your business? Do other people, other stations, other teams interview guys from your radio network? Yes, that happens. Mm-hmm.
3: And it goes back and forth.
0: It does. We do that quite a bit. And uh, and uh, those guys, the play-by-play guys especially, uh, talk to each other through the week off the air, just kind of getting a feel for the personnel and such.
3: Yeah, I don't know how many uh, actual stations around, Big Ten stations, uh, have a Saturday morning show, though. I'm not familiar with that.
0: Right. A lot of those conversations that they're talking about uh, are or on pre- the pregame show. Pregame yeah. shows, yeah. Or shows during the week uh, perhaps. That's going to take care of uh, this edition. We appreciate you listening. Thanks to Dave Leak for helping us uh, get through all of this and uh, Lauren Tate as well Obviously, yours truly, Steve Kelly, saying thanks for listening and have a good uh, weekend. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Maybe see you at the ballgame.